0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. The Ringer's got a brand new show out now about NFL player Cam Newton called The Cam Chronicles. We'll be releasing new episodes every Monday for the next six weeks, but you can binge all six episodes right now for free on Spotify. Here's a quick trailer. From The Ringer, I'm Tyler R. host of a new podcast series, The Cam Chronicles. NFL star Cam Newton has always been a complex figure. Over the past year, I've traveled the country speaking to coaches and teammates, friends and family, and even briefly to the man himself, trying to unravel the enigma that is Cam Newton. The Ringer NFL Show presents Cam Chronicles. Listen to the full series now
1: on Spotify.
0: Hello, greetings, and welcome to the 11th episode of Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast that has both of its hosts have left notes inside the Western Wall and the Green Monster. Jordan Schusterman, that is you. I am Jake Mintz. How are you doing?
2: Wow, what an incredible intro and of course if you have any proof to dispute that we are not that only podcast then please let us know. But
0: I actually mixed it up. I wrote my name on the western wall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I I left a note for Yahweh inside the green monster. <laughs>
2: I feel pretty good about you not being able to get away about writing on the western wall. Uh Jake Mintz, welcome to our It was weird cuz like it yeah. said David Wells right next right. to my signature. That's it's true. Very 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 strange. Uh Welcome to the second episode of the week. Woo! We're now hoping to be going uh, twice weekly, um, going forward as the baseball season rapidly approaches. Which, by the way, Jake, I gotta say, you know, there's so much uncertainty around the season and we're gonna get into that this right now. But like, now I have accepted, a baseball season will commence. I, there I will be games. There will be games at this point. Will we get through all of them? Who knows? But the point of this episode, as we start to look towards the bigger picture of the 2020 Major League season, is that we have each come up with a collection of what ifs for the 2020 Major League season, because oh my goodness, there are so many of them, both on and off the field, and so we are going to cover uh, nine what ifs because nine is a number that is relevant in baseball. Is that correct, Jacob? Yeah, that's how many innings are in a lineup. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's good. See, that's we were just trying to. Nine show our is to nine is to baseball what seven is to the Bible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. bingo bingo and that's why we've decided to come up with nine what ifs here today we've come up with eight between the two of us we also have two very special guests that i'm very excited to have on for their own respective what ifs and if you can do math that actually adds up to 10 but we're just going to combine our two special guests into one uh, spot in the batting order. they're going to be batting cleanup uh adam adovino of the new york yankees batting cleanup i'm not sure the last time he batted cleanup in his life uh, and Joe Davis, broadcaster for the Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: We're going to pinch hit for Adovino with Joe Davis halfway through, so it counts as one lineup spot. That is nine what-if questions. Now we should say I don't know Jordan's.
2: He doesn't know mine, so we're just going to roll. We have we have screened these uh, with our wonderful producer Bobby Wagner, so so you know these have not just gone <laughs> with no <laughs> with no editing reservation through. Uh, but I am very excited to find out what Jake's uh, what ifs are. Um, but Jake, I believe you're going to start us off because I think there's really an important what if that we should begin any conversation about a 2020 season with.
0: Well, I'm going to say, like, these are not a comprehensive lineup of what ifs. There are 7,000 more what if questions that uh, should be answered this baseball season, most of them related to the pandemic. Uh, And I will start there, but not what you might think, Jordan. My first question for you, leading off batting first, what if the country of Canada decides that this isn't worth it? What if Canada doesn't want the Blue Jays flying into COVID zones and then flying back to Canada all the time? Because they can't almost certainly go play in Florida, which is an even hotter, the hottest spot at their spring training conflict. So Jordan, what if Canada opts out?
2: I have sort of given this thought, and it's fascinating, especially uh, in contrast to hockey, which is moving the whole damn thing to Canada, which they have the luxury of doing because that's where a lot of their teams are, whereas the Blue Jays are in this weird situation. We saw a report recently that uh, if they are seen out and about, at least for the first two weeks of being in Canada, they can be fined up to $750,000 and possibly go to jail. So... Bobochet, let's uh, stay inside, my man. That's <laughs> more money. I mean, that's more money than Bobochet will make this season. E- exactly, exactly. So that's a good way to scare them. But this is a great question. I mean, right, it's it's one team with that torpedo the whole season with that torpedo the whole schedule. My guess and I don't know what the real answer to this is, that they would just play in Buffalo, which I, I think you're is, right, which is, I think, where their their alternate site is anyway, which is also complicated. I think they would just play in Buffalo, which conveniently is one of the bigger uh, AAA parks that we have. Not that <laughs> seating capacity matters this season, but, you know, the facilities should be at least somewhat reasonable in, in, in those circumstances. But I that's my first thought, but I don't know. I think that, I also
0: think that's what would happen I think they would try to go to Florida first and then they would realize like, this is not the right move. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't know if this will happen, but it certainly could as cases continue to rise here in the U S and like Canada is its own responsible nation that can just right. be like baseball's not important. Right. Like, I love, or maybe, maybe they can go to Edmonton with
2: all of the hockey teams. And by the way, before we move to my first what if, I would just like to say there are so many what ifs involving the seriousness of the pandemic that we should all be asking and continuing to be prepared for. We are not going to be be doing those in depth for this podcast because at some point we do just kind of want to try to talk about the baseball season that's about to happen. But trust me, we're thinking about them.
0: We're thinking about it. And we did talk about it on our last podcast with Lindsay Adler and a couple of weeks ago with Michael Bauman. If that's what you want, go listen to those too. But also listen to this one. Jordan.
2: What's your All right. Your first what-if, second hitter in the lineup? Yes, second hitter in the lineup. Okay, uh, my first what-if is what if the Dodgers start out 0-20? I know that sounds impossible, but what if the Dodgers start out 0-20? And, and the second part of this what-if, will they trade Wookie Betts? If the Dodgers start out
0: 0-20, I think people will be mad. I think Dodgers fans will obviously be mad.
3: However, yeah, say,
0: I would say they'd probably be pretty upset. I think they'll be less mad than if they started 0 and 20 during a, an actual full season. And to answer the second half of your question, I don't think they will trade Mookie Betts. I don't even if they start 0 and 20, I think the Dodgers think they're good enough to finish the year 35 and 5 where they could then sneak into the postseason. Like I I think so many teams are going to be so bunched together that, like, if the Phillies
2: go 0-20, would they trade J.T. Real Muto? Right, that's that's another one I was going to bring up. Right, and so that's, I, I think you're, you're spot on, and this is kind of how I've thought about this, too, is that, and this is the reason why I said 0-20, because 0-20 is a disaster for so many reasons, but, like, that's pushing to where it would be hard to come out of it. If the Dodgers start 5-10, and Obviously, they're not trading Mookie bets. The real question here is like the deadlines push back to August 31st, but that's still not a point where I don't think it would be really hard to be mathematically eliminated for anybody on August 31st, right? So that's why I'm setting the bar at 0 and 20. The, que- the question is, are we going to see, yeah, are we going to see any blockbuster trades? It would take something really bad. Because the, the PR
0: looking like shitheads for trading <laughs> a human being in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Like that writ, like that you have to take and like the morality of or the immorality of doing that to someone in their family, you the bar is higher. It's so much higher to trade a player than it would be during any regular deadline. Like right. if a team is like in the wildcard hunt, I don't think you're gonna see like the diamondbacks make a move for like some right-handed power off the bench, like
2: right. I well, think guys
0: are pretty much going to be where they are.
2: Yeah, and in terms of the free agents, like in terms of what who would be rentals, and they normally are right. Mookie Blounto, Semyon is another one. Um, Georgia Springer, Stroman, but then like usually it's the bullpen, right? Like if a team needs bullpen help, are you going to go out and try to get Kirby Yates or like like I, I I have no idea, but like you said, the bar is so much higher. And the other element of this, a Mookie trade would not just involve Mookie; would probably involve a few other prospects. So you're impacting probably four or five other people's lives during this crazy time. And
0: another thing is if a, if a player gets traded, they could just opt out. So like if, if the Dodgers are trading Mookie for like major league level talent in return, that talent could just be like, I don't want to play. I'm opting out by right. And so I think we will see, I would set the over under of trades at two and a half. I think it's going to be
2: trades, just trades, at just all. trades.
0: Yeah. I, I, Maybe I'm giving Major League Baseball GMs too much moral credit here, but like I'm skeptical that we will see very many trades. I do think Jerry DePoto wants to make one during a pandemic. I feel like that's (laughs) on his trade bucket list. He's made one in the hospital already.
2: (laughs) Right, right. I mean, there's so many levels of it because, like you said, like trading someone during a pandemic for them personally is crazy. Some guys do have their families with them, some guys are by themselves. Like it would affect a lot of players differently. And I'm sure that would probably impact the morality and the. Willingness of which uh, a player to do it, right? Like if Mookie had uh I think Mookie has uh one child, but if he had like five kids and had settled into LA, which is obviously not the case since he just got there, maybe it's a little bit different. But I just I I I, yeah. I don't think that makes any kind of difference.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna challenge you on that. Cause like mm-hmm. I I think getting this is such a high stress environment. And I for think sure. we're asking so much of players already for sure. that the fact that we even have the ability for teams to make trades is irresponsible. It's kind of crazy. In my opinion. Yeah. And yeah. like I I very right. I hope there are zero trades. I believe there will be at least one or two before the season is over. All right. What do you have next for me?
2: All right. The next one I have here uh, batting third is uh, something that I think a lot of us were asking in March because it was still a very real possibility. And I could say it still maybe is. What if the Astros win the World Series? In some ways, it would be perfect.
0: Because right, because it's like this season is such a shanda. It's such
2: a joke as is. It's such a mess. It's made so many. It's it's it makes so many people uncomfortable. It's made so many. All of it is so screwed up. And like everything about the country. (laughs) And like there's so many things. This would top it all off.
0: Right, like it, it would be very 2020. Right, it would be very apropos if the most hated team in baseball emerges victorious after this tournament sprint we're about to have.
2: Now, this the reason why I wanted to ask this to you is because, I mean, right now, that's definitely the answer, but had I asked that to you in March before all of this, you know, it was a slightly different conversation because then it would have just been about would people still believe they were cheating. And in this case, gonna be tough to get away with the trash can in an empty ballpark, I assume. I don't so. <laughs> think there's gonna be, I think between the empty stadiums
0: and people looking for cheating, This season, I don't think there will be any blatant Astros level
2: bangage. Yeah, I would hope not that. But then maybe you could also argue cynically that like if, you know, you're trying to get any of the advantage that you can get because you're so far behind because you've barely trained because whatever. So there's a lot of versions of this. But do you think it it would be more just like, wow, of course this happened as opposed to any discussion about like the legitimacy of it? I would be less mad then I would have like if the Astros had mm-hmm. won a
0: full legitimate 2020 season and won the World Series it would have sucked for everyone except for Astros fans like we would have right. all been so pissed off about it right. but there's an aspect of it that like now it's like well of of course this is what happened right <laughs> like of course <laughs> right. this is what happened right all right jordan let's for our cleanup hitter batting fourth let's bring in a special guest to help us out
1: Calling Adam Ottavino, baseball, thunks, bomb.
2: And we now welcome in a pitcher for a small baseball team called the New York Yankees. It is Adam Ottavino. Adam, thank you so much for joining
4: us. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, So on this episode, Adam, we are going through uh, a variety of, of what ifs for this bizarre baseball season that we are all about to embark on. And we saw you had some thoughts on a certain topic about this 2020 season. And so we wanted to ask you a very simple question. What if, Adam Adovino, the American League East this season is decided in a crazy extra innings, runner-on-second situation?
4: Um. Well, it would probably be very intense, uh, most likely. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, once we're in it, I'm going to accept the rule and, and, and um, try to become good at it. And give our team an advantage, but uh, I think it would be it would be unfortunate if that's what it came down to. But it would also seem uh, probably pretty apropos for this year,
0: right? Because this, like, we're not—it's not real baseball in the way that like we've come to understand it, right? It's almost a different pursuit. Do you think guys are going to bunt in that spot a lot?
4: I got like maybe. Maybe twenty-five percent of the time a bunt happening. Cause it's gotta be the right guy. A lot of guys can't bunt. So um also I just think if you have a especially if you're the first team, if you have a chance to like have a big inning, like you don't bunt, but you get a hit, and then a big inning kind of kind of puts the game away. So I, I don't think it'll be as much bunting as maybe people think. Um stealing though, I do think people will be tempted to steal, especially with one out.
2: So you think you think people will be stealing third? You think we'll you'll see pinch runners just going? Well, prepared.
4: I mean, if if you can put up your fast, put your fastest guy on second off the bench, which is what everybody is doing, then those guys are going to be out there trying to trying to get to third any way they can with less than two for the for the fly out to to take the lead there. So if the first guy fails at bunting or strikes out or whatever, I think you're going to see a lot of attempts at third.
0: Are more guys? like you relievers who are going to come in, like in these spots, are you guys working on your pickoff moves more now than you may have otherwise as a reliever?
4: Well, I mean, I've been working on it for a while anyway, like throughout the off trying to get that good. But then like, I probably should have worked on it today in my, in my um, inner squad game. I didn't know that guys were going to be just running like crazy. We didn't even have any running game signs going, but sure enough, this guy's still second and third on me before I even, even knew what happened, so I probably should have practiced it more today, but I was just trying to get my work in, and I do think now, like from here on out you gotta try to gotta try to shut it down
2: well, it's also such a weird thing now where you are you feel like you're ramping back up and got to get your work in, but like seasons in a week, so does it all feel like super duper rushed in terms of the getting ready, and I know relievers in general maybe don't need as much time ramping up, but does does that feel kind of cramped together?
4: Well, it's like you only have so many at times on the mound before the season, so my priority is making sure my pitches are good and that sort of thing. Cause that's 90% of my effectiveness. And then I wish I had more time to just go out there and do pickoffs, you know, pick off six times in a row, hold the ball forever inside move, all that stuff. But honestly today, like, and even leading into the season, like I am only going to get on the mound two more times before the regular season. So I just want to make sure my pitches are there. There's not enough time to worry about that other stuff. I mean, I know that it's important, but it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a time crunch.
2: Now, Adam, I did some research and you mentioned just before, like, oh, well, hopefully I'm going to be able to get good at it. There have been two times in your career where you came in with a runner on second and nobody out and you got out of it both times with no runs. So you are undefeated in those situations. So I'm just trying to look, I'm not trying to say that you will be invincible this season in in the 10th and the 11th, but like you do have some street cred here. I I just wanted to let you know that.
4: I can't believe it's only twice, but um, I feel like I'm getting put in the tough spots a lot. But um, I don't know. I like actually like pitching when I'm in trouble. Um, obviously, it's uncomfortable, but I always feel like it brings a lot out of you. Kind of go do for that. Do you feel like
0: it's fun, like cleaning up your teammates' like garbage? Like when you have to come in that spot, it's like like you you left me with the bases loaded, nobody out, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of this. I'm gonna pick you up.
4: Yeah, well, bases loaded, nobody out. That's tough. But I think ultimately, you know, if you have one more out to get, like you take pride in coming in and like stopping it right there and just getting that guy off the hook a little bit for sure.
2: Well, and, and my last question about this is that like, is the weirdest part that like you're running out from the dugout and suddenly someone's on, right? Because you come in into jams all the time. It's not that you're used, to, it's not like you never have someone on when you come in to pitch. No. But it's just...
4: My, my beef of it isn't 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 what it does for me. My, my beef of it is, is that it gives... It takes away a lot of the home field advantage you know basically a home team always has a huge advantage in baseball uh once the ninth inning happens because they just need one run to win and now all of a sudden you're giving the visiting team a rally start the inning here and obviously we all know how things can go haywire they could like lay down a bun the bun could get messed up now they get two runs in the inning and now it's like the wind's taking a little bit out of the home team's sales so i'm not in favor of anything that takes away the home the home team's advantage And also, I just think when you play extra innings, like in the marathon games, that like really tests your depth. And that's like an advantage for a team in a season. So it's kind of frustrating to take that away and just try to end it. Like, I don't know why everybody just wants to end the game so fast, like arbitrarily. More baseball, right? (laughs) We're like, like, we have more baseball, not less. (laughs) I mean, I I understand baseball gets, gets boring or, you know, whatever, but especially like you a know, 20-inning game takes a lot of mental power to make it through or whatever. But I just think to go straight to this um, and have games decided on it, I don't like that 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 much. And I also just think that, it, like I said, the home field thing, for me, that's a big thing. It seems like it's an advantage to be a road team in this situation.
0: And like as a fan personally, right? Like when baseball mm-hmm. gets boring, it's not extra innings, right? It's like the seventh inning of a six to one game. If two yeah. teams are tied in the 13th, I'm yeah. in everyone's oh, in man. everyone's in on that. That's what's weird. And this rule, it's just like a show. It's like a showcase.
4: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like they're saying it's for because of COVID or whatever. Like this rule wasn't going to get implemented this year until the season got shortened. But I'm like, I don't understand. Like now you don't have any fans at the, at the stadium. Your product is on TV. Like you have a chance for it to be on a little bit longer and no, no, you just want to stop it. You just want to just have the shortest games possible. Like, I, I don't understand this line of thinking sometimes, but, um, yeah, I like I like I like regular normal baseball play until somebody wins.
2: No, this rule has existed though in the minors the last few years. I know you haven't been in the minors that much. Have you ever pitched in this situation or in showcases or in sim games like or is this going to be completely the first time it happens regular season in a few weeks? It's going to be the first time you've ever do it.
4: Yeah, first time. You know, I am hoping to avoid this situation. <laughs> of course. Um, obviously if if you have to pitch then that's awesome you'll go out there and do your thing but I mean I do think that um, usually if the game's this close I'll probably have pitched before it ever gets to the extra innings I was going to say so somebody's going to have this job and it's going to be interesting to see how they do with it
0: Adam we appreciate you taking the time man hopefully the AL East does not end on a (laughs) sack bunt Uh, sack fly duck fart walk off (laughs) in the top of the 14th
4: yeah I hope not Yeah, we'll see. Thank you, Adam. All right.
2: Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you to Adam Adovino. We appreciate his insight. Much better than Babe Ruth. We all know that. Uh, But here, uh, this is still uh, the four hitter in our what if lineup. And since Adam Adovino is a reliever, uh, we are going to make the strategic decision to bring in someone else here to hit in the same spot in the order. uh, But we have another what if here. It is time to bring in. Uh, broadcaster for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mr. Joe Davis.
1: Calling Joe Davis, Blue
3: Circle, Palm Tree, Sun.
2: All right, for our next what if, we would like to welcome in the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mr. Joe Davis. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. Good to talk to you. Uh, Now, Joe... Obviously, and under any circumstance of this baseball season, we were going to be talking about the Dodgers a lot uh, because they are really good. But over the past couple weeks in what we are calling summer camp, the Dodgers have found a new way to break into the news with the legend of Chico. And so we have a Chico related what if for you, Mr. Joe Davis, which is what if Chico was the starting left fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers for the entirety of the 2020 season? Hmm. Okay.
3: Can we use two DHS? Hmm.
2: Interesting. Interesting. First, interesting. First response. Interesting he's first response. even
3: said, like he, he's owning the fielding thing and the Iron's like, yeah, you know, I was shortstop, but then people bring up, well, you should hit, let Chico hit. And he's like, ah, Ooh, <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself. So that's my first thought that we could get away with it. Uh, having, having the Dodgers put Chico on left, he's shown that he can, he can make some plays out there, but, I worry that he'd be a black hole in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Do
0: you think that if Chico's in left, Bellinger Betts, mm-hmm. DH is rotating, they make the postseason even if he's hitting every day? Yeah. Is the
2: team good enough?
3: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What I think you guys
0: <laughs> I
2: think yes. <laughs> I think yes. I think they do. Now, now how much it would hurt them because because Joe, this is a team as you know, as you've called these games, they, and as we see in these inter-squad games, they essentially have two complete major league teams. And when we see them playing against each other, it's like, oh man, that B Dodgers team could probably win the AL Central.
3: Yeah. Uh, my gosh, I, that's a really interesting question. And you know what's hilarious is that it's an interesting question. Would they win? Would they make the playoffs with a clubby playing left field? And the fact that we're all leaning towards... At least maybe. That's ridiculous.
2: Right. And, and by the way, the, the other point that I've loved about the whole Chico saga is that like he's playing left because that's where you hide people. Right. And the ball keeps finding him.
3: <laughs> the ball keeps finding him. He keeps making these plays. Yeah. I actually, you know, that what, what's been last publicized this is the first ball hit to him, he completely misplayed. So we've all tended to bury that into the deep recesses of our memories, uh, but yeah, it, it does tend to find you. They say that even for big leaguers, but I guess especially when you stick a clubby out there, every ball is going to get hit at you.
2: Okay, so the f- Fangraphs right now has the real Dodgers at a completely absurd eighty-seven percent chance to make the playoffs, which honestly, somewhat feels low. But I agree. They also, with that. they also have them at twenty percent to win the World Series, which is completely—that's I think insane. But okay, we'll go with Fangraphs, smart people over Fangraphs. Okay, now Chico's in left. How much are we how much are we lowering
3: those numbers? Okay. I mean, you yeah, you could I don't know about the percentages, but I'd be interested to see an actual analytical deep dive mm-hmm. into what the projections would say in terms of, you know, let's just do something as simple as war if you replace a combination of Jock Peterson, AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor and left with a clubby i don't know how you quantify that like what is the math on that right but i bet like in terms of total war they would still be expect the gap is large enough in the west that they would still theoretically statistically be the favorite right
0: i'll talk yeah i mean i'll check in with the smart people i know that aren't me or jordan and we'll get back to you last question i have for you about the dodgers i would say that you know, Dodgers fans have been waiting for a World Series now for a long time. Would winning the 2020 Major League Baseball Sprint tournament be any less fulfilling for the fan base than winning in what we'll call a regular, regular
2: season?
3: I don't know. I think about that all the time. It's definitely going to be different. You've heard some people, I'm sure, make the argument that it would even be more meaningful just yeah. with everything surrounding it. And if we do get to that point where we all get to learn who the champion is, that's a victory in itself. You know, that we're able to make it through the regular season and into the series uninterrupted. So to go, all, go through all that, I think Tim Brown uh, for Yahoo wrote a really good article about it the other day. Just to get through it is big. But then to get through it and win is huge. Now I think he's talking about like the gratification for the players and the people in uniform. I think that Dodger fans would, yeah, they would, they would own it and be happy with it. And it would feel like it would end the drought. You ask Giants fans, if the Dodgers have ended their drought, they'll say no, you know, big time asterisk put up next to 2020.
2: Well, the good news uh, for Dodgers fans and for yourself, Joe, is that no matter whether they win this year uh, or not, they will probably be the favorite again next year. So, <laughs> it's not like right. this is their
3: last chance. <laughs> so, yeah, you're probably right. I got a pretty cushy job, when a pretty easy job when it comes to uh, getting motivated. You know, uh, you, What's your favorite
0: part? Like, I mean, there are there are 80 amazing things that you get to watch on a nightly basis. Is there one thing about getting to call Dodgers games in this era that... You wouldn't replace that is just the best part of
3: it. I think the view, simply the view sitting where we sit and looking out over the San Gabriel mountains and that's impossible and it's it's seemingly like seventy eight degrees and the perfect sunset every single time at first pitch it's uncanny, so that and still for me, watching Clayton Kershaw pitch and hearing you know his his entry song, hearing fun play, We are young. Like that—that's still for me. Say what you will about he's not the pitcher he was a few years ago. He's still sub three ERA every single year, right? Uh, so he's still one of the best pitchers in the National League. And just getting the the, the sense that I get when I hear that song and I watch him take the mound—that I'm watching one of the greatest ever to play this game in 150 years. One of the greatest ever to do it. No matter how much you want to argue, he's different or diminished. He's changed, sure. He has, but he's still Clayton Kershaw. And to be able to experience that every fifth day and have a little part in recording that history is never ceases to be special.
0: We were talking about this right before you came on. Like he has somehow become the most underrated pitcher in baseball right. in this like very inexplicable way because he's a future Hall of Famer.
3: Yeah.
2: And
0: he's not one of the MVPs
3: anymore. So he is washed up. Right.
2: Well, (laughs) and because the Dodgers are an ever, you know, churning machine of producing the Bellingers and the Gavin Luxes and these young players, now Kershaw, who's a whopping 32, is like old news, you
3: know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been amazing to watch him evolve. Mm-hmm. He's not overpowering guys with 95, 96 anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that anymore. And so the stubborn Clayton Kershaw, who is great largely because he's stubborn, is learning to pitch in different ways and succeeding in different ways. And anybody that pitches into their thirties and stays at a high level does that. I mean, look at like CC Sabathia, how he changes his career. went on. Zach Greinke's doing the same thing. Clayton Kershaw is finding a way to say, even though I'm a Hall of Fame pitcher already and I've been a Hall of Fame pitcher, I've become a Hall of Fame pitcher by doing this, I'm going to become this to continue pitching at a high level. It's just magnificent to watch.
2: Well said. Well, Joe Davis, again, there's a billion things to talk about with the Dodgers, but thank you for lending your Chico knowledge and your Kershaw insight. Good luck to you this season. Good luck to the Dodgers this season. And we hope we see Chico and left on opening day.
3: (laughs) I love it. All right, guys.
0: Thank you, Joe Davis. Uh, very much appreciated. Chico, chat, always welcome. Uh, all right, Jordan, batting fifth, I also have an Astros question. We talked about them a bit earlier. What if teams pump in booing noises for the Astros? Now, one of the biggest storylines heading into this season was how other fan bases would interact with the Astros after it was revealed that they had big cheated. And during spring training, we saw a lot of crazy stuff, even in a little snippet of it. One of the effects of the no fans in the stands is that no one will be there to boot Houston. But Jordan, what if a team takes it upon
2: themselves to pump in booing noise? I love this question so much. First of all, I'm I'm jealous because I did devote some time to coming up with a crowd noise-related what if, and I just couldn't quite... Put, put you know, put the finishing touches on one. So this is great. I love this so much. um I mean, I guess it's fair game. I don't really think it'd be against the rules. I know we've been hearing reports about how like MLB is sending out the official crowd noise. What is like the default crowd noise? MLB
0: crowd noise mixtape. <laughs> Get yeah, in on that, tape. Piff.
2: <laughs> right, and and you know, there's also if this was a normal season we know that certain players would probably be getting more boos than others, right? We know that Bregman would be getting booed like crazy. We know that the top three guys, we know Bregman, we know Altuve, we know Springer would be getting crushed. Whereas like... Dustin Garneau probably saved. (laughs) Kyle Tucker probably not getting booed that much, right? So is it fair, even if you are going to execute the strategy to have the same booing all the time? So my question back to you is, now, is the booing, would you envision this perpetual the entire game whenever they're hitting whenever they're pitching too, like how what do you think whenever they're hitting okay in the
0: same way that like the crowd noise at least like on the soccer broadcasts i've watched like the artificial crowd noise reminds me of when we were in like third grade and the cicadas came and there was (laughs) just always that noise in the background that low level buzz right right that's i would want that for the astros except it's
2: here's here's the other thing about this is that in this weird i know this doesn't really make any sense if this was happening in the minors somehow this would a thousand percent be happening like other oh, minor league yeah. teams would do this without hesitation like no doubt at all the question is right is is who would even do this i guess that's the other question if a team's going to do this who is most likely because the yankees are probably too classy to do this but also they, they would be they the think team,
0: they're too classy to do it the yankees they're the, they're will, the they will not do it The Yankees have no reason to get spicy. The answer of which team would do this is obvious. It is the Rays. The Rays both feel slighted by the Astros losing to them in the postseason last year. Mm -hmm. And they're the team most likely to just like start some shit by being spicy. I think it's the Rays. If the Rays are listening, at Rays. Yo, in the trop, too.
2: In the trop, man, it it could be deafening.
0: Deafening. Let's pump in the boo noise. I know some people, Jordan. We know some people who work for the Rays. I'm going to text them immediately after we're done recording. We need artificial booing noise. Anybody who's against artificial crowd noise? Yeah. Oh, good point here from our producer, Bobby Wagner.
2: Oh, yeah, I have Houston's to keep thinking not going to even
0: play Tampa until the postseason. Right. So, okay. Which, so who it? Which at the at that Dodgers? Point, would the Dodgers
2: pump in booing noise? Right. Like they are going to play. Yeah, it's the Dodgers is really the answer. Um, I wonder if, like, you know what I you know what I really am gonna count on here? Uh, because I know he was, I think made his first appearance last night in the inter game. Dieter Rule, the amazing organist for the Dodgers, will come I mean you can't do boo noise with but like he'll he'll be doing some spicy stuff with the music without a doubt. Uh yeah. so, so no, the Dodgers is the answer because right, they're not gonna play the Yankees or the Rays in the regular season. But. Someone pump in crowd noise. But it's booing, to, booing, yeah. pumping the booing. I'll record it. If you need me to boo, I'll boo. <laughs> right, that's true. Like because because MLB is not going to be supplying that, right? So so you're going to have to go to a third party to, to get. Whoever that.
0: decides to play the booing crowd noise for the Astros will probably get fined by Major League Baseball and reprimanded. Will we pay the fine? Will the Ringer cover baseball barbecue? Will we cover the fine for the uh, music selection person
2: who works for the? A's. Right. It's more the, the copyright situation. So we're, we're just going to have to make sure we're getting something that's uh, fair yeah, fair use. Uh, all right. I love this question. I fair use I'm gonna keep, booze. I'm going to keep thinking about this. All right. Let's move to our sixth what if. Batting sixth here in our what if lineup. Um, now we talked with Adam Montavino about you know one of the, the big real changes. Of course extra innings. runner will start on second. Okay, and of course, uh, the next uh, the biggest thing is we have the DH. We have the DH uh, on, in both leagues in 2020. And so my question is, what if a National League pitcher who's been really awesome over the last few years, Jacob deGrom, maybe Jack Flaherty, Steven Strasburg, what if now with the DH, they just suddenly suck? They are just horrible. Like suddenly Jacob deGrom just Every time he's facing a DH on the Nats or on the Marlins, he's just, he can't handle it. His ERA balloons to over six. How will, how will we react to this, this happening to an NL pitcher? This is an interesting point when
0: you think about pitchers in the AL versus the NL, right? Like NL number pitchers are always going to be better just because they don't have to face an extra hitter. They get to face the pitcher all the time. I do wonder if this will change the way we think about some of our favorite NL pitchers like it doesn't seem like that big of a deal during a like a normal season when you know there are games happening all the time and we kind of the difference between the pitcher and the DH it's only one out of every 9 trips and so we don't think about it all the time but like having to face you know Nelson Cruz instead of having to face like miles Michaelis like that's a huge difference right and like I don't think any pitcher will suck because of the DH right like however I do think you are going to see NL pitchers with a level of frustration maybe that they haven't seen before and I think it'll impact the top guys less and it'll honestly impact like the fourth starter's a lot more. Like, I'm worried for, like, Steven Matz. Like Exactly. Because the way that those pitchers are thinking about their outing Mm -hmm. is, like, the lineup, right? How am I getting through this lineup? Jacob deGrom, when he gets on the mound, isn't like, how do I get through this lineup? He's like, I'm fucking Jacob deGrom and you're not. (laughs) Sit down. Totally true.
2: Totally true. You know, like, Merrill Kelly, like, he's just trying to get out. And this is, that's, that's such a good point. And I was kind of thinking about it because, of course, we've seen pitchers go from the AL to the NL and have more success or reverse. Like, like this year is going to be really interesting and we'll still see it. You know, Hunjin Ryu going from the Dodgers to the Blue Jays, right? That's going to be a big difference facing uh, American League lineups. But now the whole thing, I think you're so right. I think it's those, those middle tier pitchers. Like if you're in the National League West, you are, when you got to face the freaking Dodgers, you're like, well, thank God I get to pitch to Clayton Kershaw now. Now it's like another all-star level hitter that you're dealing with. Even when you're playing the D-backs or the Rockies, like that's another, or the Padres, I'm like my God, like, like the, the, you're so right. It's going to be those middle tier arms that we could see their numbers just go up. Now, this is also a question now just for the future, because we know that the DH is coming at some point too, right? I think in the small sample this year. It's all going to be not, we're all just going to count it all up to this is a fucking crazy season. But I think that you're so right. I think it probably will have a lot more to do with the guys in the middle.
0: Blessings up to our man, Antonio senzatella for
2: having <laughs> yes. a face. I'm not, I'm not feeling great about the Kyle Freeland bounce back year <laughs> in, this, in this context. Um, okay, sorry to the Rockies. Okay, let's move to the seven hitter. Uh, your next what if, Jake Mintz.
0: In the seven hole, Jordan batting seventh. My what if question is, what if there's a brawl? What if someone gets mad at a player in the other team? In a normal season, brawling is not permitted. It is not allowed. But yet guys do it all the time. Obviously here, the stakes are significantly higher for brawling from just a health perspective. But it's not as if like, look, I love Amir Garrett. We had him on our brawls episode, first ever episode. But it's not as if like him in that moment is considering the ramifications of running to the dugout. Let me start. I'm 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 just gonna hop. I want to hop right into it. At what point did you know you were gonna run
4: at the dugout? Uh, it was kind of like it was just one of those things. I would, it, it, obviously it wasn't planned, but you know there was a lot of chirping going on, and it's like. You know, I let some things slide, some names slide, and I was like, I'm not gonna be too many more of these MF mother effort bees. And then, you know, with me, everybody knows me and how I am. And it's like, you know, I'll give you a chance. And then, at that moment, the last one that went off, I was like, All right, it's over. So it's it's time to go, bro. I can't, I
3: can't, I can't let you slide with that one. I gotta go get you
0: because no, like no one had ever
2: done that before. Right, like. You know, you go back and listen to Amir Garrett, <laughs> it's obviously not part of his, not part of his thinking. So, and why would it be at that, at that point, right? Um, so it's a great question. And, you know, I think we heard, I, I don't know if we got definitive rulings that players would be like extra punished for doing this this year, whatever that even means. And of course, in a shortened season, you know, normally you'd be suspended eight games. Now if you're suspended 16 games, oh my God, that's, you know, a fourth of your season. So, man, I don't know, like, would we see... What I'm super curious is that, like, in that immediate moment, would you see the hesitation? Or would you see the, like, thinking about it an extra second where, like, maybe they start and then, like... Here's the other thing. Another big part of of brawls, sometimes if there's not even... They don't even make it all the way out for full brawl, it's the hold me back, right? Teammates are not
0: going to maybe want to be holding their teammates back. No, but the hold me back is necessary because... I think teams need to, there is like a level of expectation that like guys are going to be interacting with people on their own team. Sure. Right. Like in the dugout, they're going to try and maintain distance as much as possible. Yes. But holding your own teammate back from interacting with the other team, that is like an extra level of distance, right? Like that right. is, I would, I would want someone to hold someone back rather than right. take that risk. What I'm very interested in is like the brawls that we see are, entertaining when you watch them on first watch right like if no one gets hurt we've talked about this they're weird and they're they're we did a whole
2: episode on it right
0: but with empty stadiums in the era of john boy i am almost more interested in yelling matches back and forth where guys won't be able to punch each other so instead like amir garrett and trevor williams could just be like standing across the field screaming at one another and we're hearing instead of instead of fighting where we get like two lines of dialogue we might get like a whole play
2: (laughs) that's a great point and i think that will be a theme for this whole season and i'm sure that the television broadcasts have been thinking about this for months now since they've known that empty stadium is going to be happening is you know uh, broadcasts are usually on about a seven second delay so that they can blur out when a guy grounds out and screams fuck, right? Like that's already been a thing, but now there's probably going to be so much more sound and things being said that broadcasters are not going to want players to hear. I'm sure teams are probably going to their broadcasters being like, look, please do your best to not have this scene, but we're going to hear stuff. You're so right. Brawls and not like we're going to hear stuff. Give me the raw feeds. Give me the fucks. All right, Jordan, yeah. what do you got? All right. Uh, my fourth and final one here, batting eighth in the pitcher spot for for some progressive teams. Uh, My question is, what if a team breaks the record for the best or worst season in Major League history? Now, we know no one's getting to 117 wins. That's not possible. But if you look at just by winning percentage, if a team wins more than 43 games, they will be a better winning percentage than the 2001 Mariners, or if a team w- wins fewer than 15 games, that will be worse than the 2003 Tigers. And my what if is really, how will this team be viewed in baseball history? And will we consider them the worst team in baseball history or the best team in baseball history?
0: I think that it's actually different on the high end and the low end of this scale. I think if a team wins 50 games, wins 48 games, whatever, I am okay considering them in the upper echelon of the best teams in baseball history, because to go out there in a pandemic with no training in a season where the talent's going to be more bunched together, where every game's going to matter more, there's more intensity. You can't rely on talent in the same way. If they go out there and the Dodgers or the Yankees or whomever are so dominant that they win 48 games, I'm willing to give them that mantle on the other side. I think a team could totally win 13 games because more likely. I think it is way, way more, more likely. likely, way more likely. And I would not
2: penalize them to the same extent. And not just cause I'm an Orioles fan because <laughs> like right. our two teams who are currently projected by <laughs> Fangraphs as the least likely to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. I mean, Oh, it's, 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 it's really just hard to think about because like this is such going to be such a challenging season. And like in a normal season, watching a shitty team that I don't care about, it sucks. Like I, the tiger's, they weren't having a lot of fun last year. And like, of course not, right? It sucks to lose that many games. But in this case, obviously it's a shorter amount of time, but it's just, I think it'll also be magnified because mathematically, everybody should be in it. 23 teams are probably going into this season legitimately believing that they have a chance to make the postseason, whereas normally it's probably like 15 to 17. It's easily probably 22, 23 this year. And so if you're way out of it that quickly, it's almost even more embarrassing. It is more embarrassing, but like, What the Tigers did
0: that season, 2003, where they win 47 games, 43?
2: Yeah, I think 43.
0: That is bad over months of time, right? That's not just the first batch of players being bad. That's like the first batch of players being bad, getting traded or sent down, new players coming up and also being that bad. Whereas this year, it's just going to be like 33 guys,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
0: And if the Orioles win 12 games,
2: it's two Orioles. Months, it's gonna go quick and it's gonna go you know, quick. We'll,
0: yeah. Jordan, should we bring up the challenge now uh that we had discussed with our producer Bobby Wagner about the Orioles win total number for me? Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess we can we could bring this up. I mean, I was Bobby, thinking do we- you wanna hop on? Bob, <laughs> producer Bobby, hop on and 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 enlighten us with the uh, challenge here.
1: Jake Mintz, I laid down a challenge for you. Yeah. On the final day of the baseball season of 2020, if we make it there, Jake Mids drinks as many shots or beers or glasses of wine. You know, it's all about the same alcohol contents. Your preferred maybe white claws. You know? <laughs> not not for me. Not for you. Too much sugar. Okay, that's fine. He takes as many drinks as Orioles have wins. And then if they win the final game, you take one more drink right at the end. Bottom of the ninth. What do you think?
0: So like. This is, in a weird way, a win-win for me. Because either, either, I only have to have, like, 11 drinks in a three-hour span, which is still actually, now that I'm saying, it, a lot of drinks. Or, the Orioles win 23 games, and I am struggling, but then the Orioles won 23 games.
1: That right? feels like the worst option, though. 23, they're definitely not making the playoffs, and you have to drink 23 times. I, think I was going to say. We should say... For listeners, don't try this. This is a terrible idea. If it's unsafe for Jake, we will not do this bet. And instead, we will turn this into something where we donate to charity 23 times or something like that.
2: I was going to say, Bobby's totally right. 23 is a worst case scenario because either you want them to win 30 games Finish at 500. This team is supposed to be the worst team in baseball. Oh my God, they finished 500. I'm celebrating they finished 500 or above, even if they make the playoffs or not. Or you want it to be 10, worst season ever, 10 sad, ridiculous drinks that is exactly emblematic of what we were attempting. The reason we're coming up with this challenge in the first place. Anything in between that is just going to suck.
0: Just nursing my beers,
1: taking my time. Just 10 PBRs. Every time Chris Davis comes up, crack open a new one. (laughs) As I watched or Alberto, roll over. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, there is a level of wins where this is unsafe.
1: <laughs> Obviously, yes. Yeah. Twenty-three. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> it's way too I much. Think,
0: yeah. I I think that if like the Orioles make the postseason, like if they win thirty-four games, then I'll do it over the course of their first postseason series. How about that?
2: Okay, that's good. Okay, and and last one here. Before I, I also th- want to th- add an extra th- caveat. Like, I like drinks, but like I don't. I was not in a fraternity. I don't like drinks this much. Right. Well, hopefully, maybe our, our friend Trevor Williams can supply some. He he promised <laughs> that last week. <laughs> um, um, okay. Uh, I also just want to squeeze this in since we're already talking about our favorite teams before we get to your final what if, uh, Jake Mintz, which is it like, what what if our teams do make the postseason? Forget about the drinks for a second. Like, are we? Then I'm drunk. I'm- Okay, <laughs> then then we're having a time of our lives anyway. By choice, not by bet. By choice, by choice, not by competition. 34
0: drinks? Easy. To the playoffs we go. Uh, yeah, if the Orioles make the postseason, it it counts. I think for the Orioles and the Mariners, they're so not expected to make it that like any level of success... I will eat up. I will sponge it. I will inhale it, inject it into my veins. Whereas like Dodgers fans are like, yeah, we better fucking make the postseason.
2: Right. I also think that like there's a tier of like middle bad teams, Rockies, you know, Padres, whatever, where like if they make a surprise run, they'll be like, okay, like, oh, this isn't legitimate, whatever. If a bad team Mariners Orioles make a run, I think the general public would be like, this is hilarious. Let's yes, <laughs> I agree.
0: Mariners, Marinals, Mariners, Orioles, Tigers, uh,
2: Marlins. Marlins. I think that's the end of the list. Maybe the Pirates. Pirates. Maybe Pirates. All right. Trevor Williams will buy a string. Sorry, Trevor.
1: It's a slightly different spin on it for me because I wake up in a cold sweat. In a normal year, I wake up in a cold sweat like five times a year thinking what if the Mets never win a World Series in my lifetime? And now in 2020, now that I know there's going to be a season, I wake up in a cold sweat thinking what if this is the only World Series that oh, they win my God, in my lifetime? Oh my God, right right that's the other thing and like the then Met- at that point like if i'm 70 it doesn't count like if 90, i turn 70 and this the like is it. the only or if i turn 80 or 90 or whatever and i'm really knocking on death's door and the mets still haven't won since 2020 because weirdly that's like that that's like the law mets the most law mets thing possible it's so true right I think like, that it, does it doesn't a,
0: count does a world series even count if you can't get raucous with your with your boys at mcfadden's afterwards do you know what i mean bobby <laughs>
1: If I can't hit up One Oak, 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, bingo. We're running into
0: Marcus Stroman and Pete Alonso at One Oak after they win the World Series. Somehow
2: Matt Harvey's still there, even though he doesn't that's play the on the team. Oh, he will be there. Are you kidding me? If the Mets yeah. win the World Series, he'll he'll show up at one of those. We still parties. got dudes on the go. squad. We still got dudes on the squad. Without all right, doubt. that's all I had to offer, okay. guys. Thanks. Okay, thank you, thank Bobby. You, Bobby. We'll, we'll bring you back in at the end. Okay. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Okay, Jake. Uh, again, I, I agree. I think it'll be it'll all be whack. If the, and also like for the Mariners with the postseason drought, longest postseason drought in a. I almost would rather them just not make it this year so that I don't even have to caveat. Like, oh, well, they made it in 2020. Okay, all right, let's move on. Number Give me the rings. nine, the last, the last hitter in the baseball lineup in the last inning of the baseball game, unless it goes to extras, and then you put a runner on second. Jordan. Our, our last what if. Hit me, Jake. Last in the order, but first
0: in our hearts. What if Ioannis Cespedes is fucking
2: awesome? Okay, so I thought about this too. Had this on my short list, of course. All I'm thinking about. <laughs> um, Yeah, what if he wins MVP, Comeback Player of the Year, you know, World Series MVP, carries the Mets, you know, Bobby's going crazy. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I like, I you know, obviously I've just been thinking about you all the time. He's declared he will be ready for opening day. He looks ready. Not, well, he looks ready. His teammates are saying he looks awesome. Anthony Decomo's tweeting about him six times a day. It's a good sign. No one, no one's making Anthony DeComo tweet about him. That's you know, true. He doesn't, he doesn't have to. Yep. He doesn't have a uh, you know a Twitter handle and blog and, and identity tied to you know an assessment. That's us, right? So um, it would be really, really, really fun. And it, it is the thing that I'm most looking forward to in this season is just seeing him play baseball again, regardless of how it goes. Uh, and then the other crazy thing, by the way, is I was looking at like, oh, who's. Here? He's a free agent. Like, mm-hmm. this is the other thing. We could enter another Yoannis Cespedes crazy free agent. If he shows out, if he shows out and he's,
0: like, healthy and he's back, like, yeah, he'll get paid again. No Especially doubt. just a DH. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. Like, I know he's 35, but my goodness. All Jordan. Right. Cool. Yes.
0: Since you and I graduated college, Ioannis Cespedes has played in 101 Major League Baseball games. That is May of 2017. Since then... We have done a lot with our lives. We have moved to New York. We have lived in multiple apartments. We've had multiple jobs. I got back together with my girlfriend.
2: Right, a lot has happened in our life, and meanwhile, Yo has basically just been on his ranch, hanging out, Fall, falling in holes, falling in holes, getting attacked by wild boars, but also getting ready for the epic comeback. Um, he's never, he hasn't played a game with Robinson Cano yet. He has played one game since Juan Soto debuted. He has, like, it's so long ago and not that long ago, and it is impossible to fathom, but as we approach here, uh, the two-year anniversary of his last Major League game, I just cannot wait to see him play baseball again.
0: Everyone wants him to be back. Everyone is rooting for him to be back because, you know, when we started our shtick, we were 17 and we were like, this guy's fun and he is fun. Like he's fun. Yeah. And even if he's dodging bores or whatever, like he's good as shit at baseball when he's good. And I hope he's back.
2: Remember, look at his numbers. Besides the two months in Boston that never happened. he's never been bad. Never went he to was, Boston. He, oh, no, I, I don't, I don't remember that at all. All right. Yo, we love you. Stay healthy. Hit dingers. All right. Uh, we've made it to the end of our, what ifs lineup, uh, Jake Mince. Um, I have one other honorable mention one that is a what if that is not really a question that could be answered. But do you have any final thoughts now that we've done this exercise? This is going
0: to be the weirdest baseball season of our lifetimes. And I am
2: as curious as I am trepidatious and I will watch it all. Uh, The last thing I want to say is that because of the absurdity of this season, because the other sports will be happening. Last year, I think, or maybe two years ago, there was something called the sports eclipse, the end of October, where in Los Angeles, you could go to, f- I believe, five different professional sporting leagues at the same day if you timed it right. MLS was there, hockey was there, Lakers were there, whatever, end of October. Well, because of the absurdity of the world, on October 4th, we could have game seven of the Stanley Cup finals, game three of the NBA finals game three of the divisional series, and also it'll be just regular week four of the NFL, which is the sport that everyone cares the most about. What, if all that happens, how, how will SportsCenter sort of handle it? What will it order those? We've got game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. We've got division series baseball. We've got NBA finals. We've got regular football. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think, I, this is great.
0: I think baseball will be last. I think it will be at the bottom unless there's a crazy game or it's the Yankees or there's a moment. Right. Because the Stanley Cup Finals Game 7 is like a team winning a title, right? right. Like right. Any <laughs> right. footage of a team winning be, a title should be number one. Should be, should be number one. is number one and will be number one. So I think that'll be number one. I think the NBA will be number two. Ooh, okay. And I think football will be number three and
2: baseball will be number four. And okay. they, MLS, sorry. think MLS, MLS will still be happening. But October 4th. Not October third; that's the Mean Girls date. But October fourth. All right, we're done. We did do the podcast. We asked a bunch of what ifs. There are a million more that we could do. Next week, we will have more team-specific previews on Baseball Barbecue as the season rapidly approaches. Thursday, Opening Day. Holy shit! Then Friday, all the teams start supposedly. Um, last thing I'll say is uh, thank you to Bobby Wagner, our producer. Bobby, uh, do you agree with Jake's ordering of the Sports Center? What what, what would you uh, how would you survive that day of sports apocalypse slash eclipse? I agree with it, except I think that baseball and football would be swept, swapped. Well, you, do, you, do think, you, think, you think good postseason baseball would edge out week four of the NFL? <laughs> I hope so. Man, I wow. hope so. <laughs> no you know, way, dude. As no I say way. it out loud, <laughs> it sounds wrong. Patrick Mahomes has to sneeze and they're putting it before Mike Trout, okay? Well, it's realistically that's what's going to happen.
1: The real answer is that some of the NFL games would go before like the Sunday night game would go before baseball, but like I don't know. Yeah, Dolphins like they're not going to Bills. <laughs> right. 35-7 is not going before like Dodgers Mets. I'm Jordan, sorry. Jordan
0: right, right. Jordan name a Dolphin or a Bill. Tua?
2: I got nothing for the Bills. Thank Hell you for yeah. listening to baseball barbecue <laughs> to thank Chaos you. Spikes. <laughs> thank you to uh, Bobby Wagner, our wonderful producer. Thank you, Bobby. You can I mean thank you, Bobby. Your your, your mic is on. You guys are welcome. Thanks to our guests too, Adam Adavino, Joe Davis, Chico and Spirit. Chico and Spirit. Thank you to Jake Mints. Uh, we will be back with more baseball barbecue next week. Thank you to Ryan
0: Fitzpatrick. <laughs> thank you to Willis McGahee. Thank you to young. What was Marshawn the Lynch, Andre,
2: right. Andre Reed, Go. Sammy Watkins? <laughs> Go Bills. batting for two, Alex Bregman.